five touchdowns for Phil Dracovic in a historic performance as Boston College defeats Georgia Tech 41-30. We're going to have a full analysis of what was one of the most exciting games of the season for the Eagles. All of this and more on today's Locked On Boston College. This is Locked On Boston College. A.J. Black, 6-4 and four Boston College stands after defeating Georgia Tech on Saturday, 41-30. With me, I'm going to kick it off and do a little bit differently today. Mitch Wolf is going to join us in the first couple segments to talk about the football game. Mitch, how's it going? Going good. You know, this was one of the best BC games in a little while uh, in terms of completeness and just being an exciting game. Unfortunately, I did not get to see it live because I was at a live football game, but watching it back, it was a really impressive game from all involved, I would say. Yeah, absolutely. And what we saw, you know, we've been waiting this season, you know, we didn't get to see much of it. Uh, was a dominant performance from Phil Dracovic. Three touchdowns on the ground, two in the air, five total. He threw for over 200, uh, over 300 yards, excuse me. He ran for 70. Mitch, what was your uh, analysis of what was one of the most, most impressive running back uh, quarterback performances I've ever seen out of a Boston College quarterback? Right. I mean, I was looking, trying to like go back through some stats, like kind of like try to find some analogs for this kind of performance. And like, first of all, as a runner, I can't find the last time a Boston College quarterback ran for three touchdowns. Not even Tyler Murray or Tyler Murphy did that. Uh, so I, it's at least the first time it's been done this century. It might be the most touchdowns by a quarterback rushing in a single game in Boston College history. Uh, I'd have to do more research, but I mean, throwing the ball, he was also fantastic. I mean, so based on the PFF numbers, so he had 12 completions. Every single one of them went for a first down, which makes sense given that his average depth of target was 19.2 yards. So, you know, it's not that he's just, you know, throwing the ball and, you know, they're completing passes. He's throwing the ball into the deep and intermediate area of the field. And that's what's really unlocking this offense, which is what we have said is missing, you know, while he was gone. And only five of his 19 attempts were shorter than 10 yards down the field. So it's, he was just bombing it deep the whole game, which you love to see. And the receivers really came through for him. You know, I, I'm kind of in the process of writing my three stars of the weekend. I really couldn't pick just one receiver because based on their statistics too, and how they performed, they all had great games. So, you know, really great to see this offense really just have a complete game uh, to get uh, this Saturday. So from the BC sports information department, I don't have anything on the three touchdowns. However, Dracovic became just the second BC quarterback in school history to throw for two touchdowns and run for two touchdowns in an ACC game. He threw for 237 and two touchdowns in the first half while rushing for 34 and two in the second half. He joins Chris Crane in 2008 as the only other person in an ACC game. And then Patrick Tolls did it against Wagner, which doesn't really count. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So that was that. But speaking of the rushing attempts, which what really impressed me with Dracovic in his run and halfway talked about it a little bit on Sunday was he looked faster, something about him, the way he was moving. He just, he looked more explosive. He looked quicker. Um, I think it was Emma Healy that asked, he looked thinner too. He looks like he's like, put, he's taken off a little weight. I think Jakovic even mentioned it. One of his press conferences, he looks like a different court, like a much more confident polished quarterback in just the last two weeks. Yeah. I mean, that's, I've kind of seen that, that little bit of a narrative floating around recently about him kind of taking some weight off. I don't really know when, but I was like, Oh, that's kind of interesting. I hadn't really, thought of that but I mean yeah he looks absolutely incredible as a runner you know he's moving really well in the open field I I think there was actually some talk like when he was still at Notre Dame that because I think he was he was frustrated he wasn't getting playing time so he's like listen like I'll switch to tight end wide receiver just so I can like get on the field and you know I think as a such a great athlete as he is you know that would have ultimately been a disappointing position change but it's something that he could have done you know just to get some playing time yeah and 
you know, Dracovic, I, I think we have three, we have two more games. It'll be interesting to see if against, you know, Florida State's an athletic team. They, they're better than Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech's defense, we knew going into this was going to struggle against the pass. They struggled against the pass. Mm-hmm. Um, and Wake Forest, they're a sieve. Um, they look like a sieve against NC State again. And there's a possibility that Jakovic could end this season really hot. Right. And like I was, I've, I've said to you and a lot of people that I, I don't think he will declare at the end of this season. But I mean, if he puts out two more performances to this level and maybe even improves as a passer, not that there's that much room to improve, but I would, I would start getting a little worried because, you know, if, if he comes back next year, there's a chance he gets hurt again, misses a lot of time. And, you know, if he come, if he decides to play the bowl game and, you know, has another great performance, then, you know, he's like, hey, listen, I'm riding like a five game streak where I've been awesome. Like I'm going to capitalize right now. And I think, you know, if, again, if he puts out two, two or three more performances like this, I think that he's, you know, a top 100 pick lock. Yeah, it's I, I know think a lot would... of BC fans don't really want to hear this offseason. But, you know, I, I don't think that I hope that doesn't happen either. And the, and the worst part of all that is, the, as we've said, Mitch, and I know you cover the draft stuff more is this is a really bad you are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Quarterback mm-hmm. class. Yeah. If, he, if he does that, ends the season strong, and then goes to the combine and does really well, he could shoot up draft boards pretty quickly. Yeah, I mean, and he, he would probably perform well at the combine just because of how athletic he is. Uh, but it's it's funny because I was talking with somebody about this, and you know, to compare it to somebody in the last year's draft, it's kind of like, so Davis Mills was a quarterback from Stanford who was kind of a late riser, um, but he hadn't had much playing time. I think he had only played in 18 games in a few years at Stanford, and I think Phil would kind of have that similar trajectory, but Jerkovic has immensely more physical talent as a thrower and as a runner than Mills had just in his ability to throw the ball down the field, to uh, create out of structure and do all that kind of stuff. So, and Mills went at the top of the third round. So, you know, I, I think that that would be Jerkovich's floor if he were to declare, so he could be a second, maybe even, I think, th- I think this would be pushing it, but maybe even a late first round pick. All right. And uh, let's wrap up our talk about the offensive side of the ball about another group that I thought did incredible was the offensive line. Um, mm-hmm. It, there were times when Jakovic went back to pass and the pocket that he had, you could drive a car through because the, the, mm-hmm. it felt like a, for the second straight week, we saw it against Virginia tech. We saw it against Georgia tech. That offensive line just beat the crap out of the defense. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, like, like to, to, um, to take that with a grain of salt, you know, Virginia tech has some very talented defensive linemen. I would say Georgia tech doesn't really have that. Um, and like you say, the defense isn't very good. So either take BC's performance with a grain of salt. But with that being said, I mean, they didn't allow any sacks. I'm only counting. I think they, it said that Phil was only pressured six times on 20 dropbacks. So that's not very much. And obviously he has the athleticism to get out of the pocket and buy time. But yeah, I mean, looking at the PFF grades, I mean, they're all excellent for all the offensive linemen, especially as pass blockers. Uh, it wasn't like the best running game for BC relative to some of their other performances, but you know, they got the job done. Garwo got over hundred yards again, obviously Phil had a great day running the ball. Uh, but I mean, yeah, you're just seeing this offense really reach its apotheosis of getting to what we all expected and what we wanted out of this offense going into this season. 
And just as a point, you brought up pro football focus. Phil Dracovic was named about an hour ago. Uh, oh, so yeah, 7, yeah. 7 p.m. He was named pro football Focus's offensive player of the week. Yeah, I um, went back and looked this. So his offensive grade was the 21st best tied for 21st best before single game performance of any quarterback this season that started the game. Wow. And I, I just assumed I saw Malik Cunningham at five touchdowns, too. So I was just assuming they're going to skip over Jakovic to go right to him. But they didn't. So <laughs> congratulations to Phil. Now, in a moment, we're going to look at the defense, a group that I thought started off really poorly and then improved as the game went along. And you know what else is, is improved and is really nice. You got to check it out as prize picks. All right, college football fans, have you heard about Prize Picks? It's a daily fantasy football uh, fantasy site made easy. I love this, and I know you will too. It is a leader in college sports daily fantasy. It offers more college football props than anyone in the world and offers all the star players of the Power Five as well as mid-majors you may not have even heard of. They offer props anything you can think of from yards to touchdown, even interceptions thrown. On Saturday, I went on Prize Picks and I looked up Phil Dracovic, and his over-under was 192 and i think you probably did that by halftime and you would have automatically you would have won if you put if you played on prize picks all of you all of you that do this make sure that you sign up and use promo code locked on and you're gonna get a hundred percent deposit match up to a hundred dollars you pick two to five players the over under on their projections and you can win up to 10 times on an entry i've been playing this more and more as the weeks go on it is a lot of fun you have to check it out they allow mixed sports entries you could pick um Pierre Bergeron, uh, Patrice Bergeron of the Bruins and LeBron James, all on the same entry. Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It is that easy. Prize Picks is safe and offers fast withdrawal. Don't hesitate. Check out Prize Picks and use promo code Locked On. Head on over and play. It's fun, it's easy, and you can win. Head on over to Prize Picks. It's daily fantasy made easy. This is Locked on Boston College. AJ Black here. Thank you all for listening to our show. If you are listening to this as your first listen every morning, thank you all. If you don't, I want to um, encourage you to make Locked on Boston College your daily listen when you're heading into work or cooking dinner or going for a walk with your dog. It's usually 20 to 30 minutes, and it's all the BC news that you need. Now, we, we talked at length, Mitch and I about Phil Dracovic in the first segment and his historic play, five touchdowns. Um, and he basically, he single-handedly won that game for BC. You know, mm-hmm. he, every touchdown that was scored was on his hands or on his legs. They would do that. And the reason it was tough was because the defense and special teams struggled at times. Mitch, I want to hear you, you know, you look at the X's and O's sometimes. What was your overall take from the play of the defense? So I, I, I want to actually just address the special teams thing first, because I think that's, it's a little more, it's a little more complex, but it's, you can kind of put it out there and be done with it. So I think that, you know, they allowed the kick return touchdown on Georgia Tech's first opportunity. And that sucks. That, and that happens sometimes. Uh, but it seems like there was a, some weird moving parts about who was being the, the kickoff specialist this week and then just missing those kicks. They made the change to back to Longman halfway through the game. Um, and then they were kind of just squib kicking and stuff. So that that helps Georgia Tech's offense with giving them a lot of short fields. And so that's, that's part of it, something we have to consider. With that being said, I still think this is a pretty good performance from the defense overall because again if you take into account them getting short fields that's going to hurt them but they also were able to clamp down uh and make some really important plays at big at big times and you know we saw georgia tech get out to a 21-7 lead pretty quickly and you know we've seen that happen with bc sometimes this year where they have these plays that kind of snowball and then it gets away from them and they end up losing the game but this time you know with fill in you have the offense still humming you get the defense some confidence where they can actually come out and get some stops get some turnovers so you know all of that is great to see. 
Um, I'm just looking at the drive, the drive chart now. And, you know, so they have those first few touchdowns, you know, BC is a fumble that gives them good field position. They get a touchdown off that. Uh, but then, you know, for the most of the middle part of the game, you know, BC was forcing punts. They got turnovers on downs. They were forcing field goals, got an interception in the red zone. Uh, and then, you know, they're getting those key stops, especially in the red zone when they were, when they're needed most. And that's something that Jeff Halfley's talked about a lot is, you know, there are times when you give up yards and, you know, the other team is pretty good. Like they'll, you'll give up points at times, but you know, when it really matters, can you come through and get the stop? And I think for the most part, they even say do that. Yeah. It seems like, I mean, if you really look after those first two drives where they really struggled, it was punt downs, halftime field goal, interception, touchdown, fumble, end of game. Like they, they really struggled those first two drives. One of them, um, was the was a punt yeah so it was a punt to a touchdown so they really only had a couple of bad drives in this game i thought they played really well what really impressed me was i mean for anyone with eyes you watch this game jordan yates could not throw a football um effectively he's not a yeah, good the, yeah good uh, i'll say the thing that i noticed about him is i think you mentioned this to me as well is that you know he never really could throw from a pocket. Like they had to get him rolling out. They had to have him throw on the move on kind of these funky design plays. And, you know, I'll give him credit. Like he's a very good athlete um, and they are getting the ball to athletes like Jameer Gibbs in space. Uh, but eventually like when the chips are kind of down, you have to make plays like you have to be able to throw from the pocket. And that's just something he really wasn't able to do consistently. And, and I thought BC did a, a great job of, of, um, really getting to him when he was in the pocket. Right. And that's something that BC has not, you know, really been able to do consistently is be able to get pressure, especially on a mobile quarterback. You know, they've, they've been able to kind of flush guys like, you know, Malik Cunningham and Garrett Schrader out, but then they've kind of burned them with their legs. And that's something you're afraid of with Yates, but this time they were able to kind of actually hand them in, get some big sacks, which was great to see. And I, I think of that last sack, I think we were talking about it on, tw- you know, Mitch was saying earlier that he'd watched the game later because he was at the Ohio State game and I had watched it already. And I think I was watching Wake and NC State while he was watching it. Mm-hmm. It was that last sack. Um, yeah, talk- yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to talk a little bit about what you saw in that play? Because that was a really, that was a really, one of the best quarterback pressures I think I've seen BC throw at a quarterback this year. Yeah. And if I remember correctly, I think that that's kind of a funky play because you've got them at third and long, if I remember correctly. Um, and they have this, they actually bring the pressure from the outside corner, which bringing outside corner blitz is pretty rare just because obviously you're leaving receivers uh, kind of by themselves with a deeper zone defender. So bringing that, uh, that kind of blitz is pretty risky, but you know, I think that's something and half we talked with this is Lukabu has a really good sense of like when to call the right pressure. And that's kind of a weird thing to say, especially from somebody like me who like kind of wants to look more at like analytic stuff and process as opposed to just, you know, her heuristics and hunches, but you know, their ability to kind of, he's like, all right, this is this time I'm going to call it like it's going to work because of these reasons, you know, and bring that unexpected pressure is a big reason why BC was actually able to get some good pressures this game. Yeah. And you know, it was there was a great sack by Horsley. I was just mm-hmm. impressed, especially as the second half, when once that game became that Jordan Yates had to beat you with his arm, and it was no longer you can't try to spring Jameer Gibbs over and over again. Mm-hmm. The game was over. It just it just seemed like that game was going to end. And the play of the game, I think, on defense had to be you know that obviously that big sack, but um, Jaden Woodby with the interception right near the mm-hmm. end zone. That was a heck of a catch by him. Um, yeah, that's a big, big moment. Yeah, yeah, that's great awareness from a guy who's like relatively still a relatively young player and like relatively new to this team. But I mean, I'm going to feature him in my three stars article because I think he's brought, you know, you have guys like Marcus Valdez, who's kind of a quieter guy, but like leads by example, you know, really kind of a big, tough guy. But I think having a guy like Jaden Woodbay, who's kind of a more, you know, your energizer bunny, your uh, 
a guy who's kind of has just a more high tempo, high motor kind of player. Just, you know, he's talking on this, talking to guys, you know, gets them, gets their spirits up, you know, kind of reminds me of guys like Dominique Williams or like Will Harris from defenses in years past that is kind of the vocal leader of the defense. Whereas a guy like maybe Marcus Valdez is more of the example leader. That's kind of like, okay, he's going to quietly do his job and, you know, make plays, but Woodbay is going to be out there kind of talking his stuff and, you know, getting the defense to get motivated and play really well. All right, Mitch, uh, we're going to wrap up our conversation now. Where can people find you on social media? You can find me at Mitchell T. Wolf, W-O-L-F-E on Twitter. Uh, like I said, I'll be having my three stars article come out in the next few days. I was going to try to do this for the last game, but just kind of ran out of time, unfortunately. But now that we have a really good Phil Jerkovich game, I'm going to really try to dive into the tape for that game and put out an article that kind of an- analyzes his throws, the plays that he's being asked to execute and how well he's executing them. And before you go, what was worse? You, you put it on Twitter, the Pittsburgh Steelers game on Sunday or the BC game Come in 2015. On, against I haven't, I haven't decided. <laughs> I, I'm still, <laughs> I'm still licking my wounds from that mess of a, of a, of a game. If you want to call it that. All right, Mitch. Well, thank you for joining us uh, in a moment. I'm going to talk to you about all the other games this weekend, including two hockey games and two basketball games as BC basketball improves to three and O. All right, listen up, folks. If you heard about Built Bar, if you have not done so already, you need to check out the Built Bar. They're my favorite treat that I have at least once a day. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. It's 100% covered in chocolate, and it is delicious. Every day around 2.30, I have a Built Bar. I have a whole stash in my garage, one for me, one for the missus, that we enjoy every day. Built Bar has some delicious flavors that you can't miss on, including raspberry, mint brownie, chocolate almond, or coconut almond, excuse me, coconut, salted caramel, double chocolate, and cherry barcia. And when you taste these, most most protein bars, I'm telling you, they taste like wax. They're they're not fun to eat. They're just kind of, they're a chore to get through. Not that way with the Built Bar. They are chew, uh, nice and easy to chew, and they are so delicious. When you head over to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. This is Locked On Boston College, AJ Black. For our first two segments, we talked exclusively about BC football, but there were a lot of other games. It was a huge weekend for Boston College Athletics. Boston College men's basketball played two games this weekend, starting with a Friday night tilt against historic rival Holy Cross in the 133rd edition of this series, one that Holy Cross still has the edge on. Boston College won 85-55. Now, if you're looking for BC to dominate a game from start to finish, this was the game to watch. DeMar Langford had a, a career-high 20 points. Quinton posted well. It was just an all-around great team effort. The defense was nasty. They were holding Holy Cross to a low shooting percentage. It was exactly what you want to see out of BC. How many years under Boston College have we watched Jim Christian Steve Donahue struggle against these lower conference teams, whether it's losing to UMass Lowell, losing to Bryant, losing to IUPUI or UIPUI or whatever they were called. I mean, these are all games that these last two coaches have lost. For Boston College to go out there and just absolutely lay the hammer on a team like Holy Cross, that's exactly what you want to see. Now, is that going to translate to ACC play? Probably not this year, but what it does show is that Earl Grant has this team prepared. He has them doing all the right things, and they're prepared to win these games that they should win. Because you look around the ACC, you have teams losing out of conference games already. I mean, Louisville lost to Wofford. I know Wofford is a semi-regular tournament member, but 
They're still a lower conference team. And you've got other teams losing to other smaller conference teams. It happens. So when BC goes out and wins by 30, you should feel happy because this is a team that going into the season, there wasn't high expectations. I honestly wouldn't be surprised if they lost a game like this, but they didn't. They're playing good defense. They're playing sound fundamentals, and they won. Now, they played two games. They played on Sunday as well, a game that they uh, won by 10 against Fairfield. There were some issues that popped up in this game I think that we'll have to keep an eye on, specifically free throw shooting where they scored 57% from the field. That's an issue. They also turned the ball over 17 times, I believe it was. That's an issue. However, they were in control from this game from beginning to end. They won. Good. Move on. They won by 8, I think, against Fairfield. Now, they play against URI on Wednesday. This will be a game um, I'm going to preview with Dave Ascoli, who uh, used to write for a blog called Roadie Rampage, but he's the biggest URI supporter I know. He can tell you everything about the Rhode Island uh, Rams. I'm excited to have him on. He's my buddy. Um, I was best man at his wedding. He was in my wedding. You'll get get to hear him on tomorrow's show. I hope you enjoy that. Uh, Sorry, on Wednesday's show. Also in the sports world, Men's hockey, excuse me, had two games this weekend. They won one against uh, UConn on Saturday on the road in the ice rink and lost to UMass Lowell at the Songus Arena on Saturday. I didn't really get to check out either of these games because I was too busy with basketball and football coverage. But again, UMass, I mean, BC hockey. They're not doing so hot. They really need to start to string together some wins to push themselves into that elite uh, stratosphere that we're used to. They're just kind of, they were 18th going into this weekend. They're probably going to stay 18th after this weekend. Probably could drop a little bit. But they need to start pulling together some wins. They're not playing very consistent right now. And finally, women's basketball defeated Holy Cross as well over the weekend in a nice game for the women. Winning 75-50, to 50, Taylor Soul had 21 points again, uh, 14 in the first half, shooting 9 for 11. She is, you know, on track to be an all-ACC player. Good game all around. Cam Schwartz had 8 points, and Allie Van Timmeren had 10. So BC women's basketball is now 2-0, and and they will face off on Wednesday against Crosstown rivals BU. So good luck to the women as they face off then. Now on tomorrow's show, We're going to talk more about college football games from around the country with Mitch Wolf. We'll get into all the news from around the country and news around BC football because there'll be a lot of it, I'm sure. This is AJ Black. Thank you all for listening. If you have not done so already, make sure you subscribe to us on YouTube or give us a five-star review on Apple. And if you're a real big fan, do both. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you all again soon. Take care, everyone.